come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Both our first reading and our gospel today speak of the need for humility. Our first reading we heard, My child, conduct your affairs with humility. Humble yourself the more, and you will find favor with God. And Jesus said, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Last Sunday I mentioned James 4, 6, that God opposes the proud, but gives his grace to the humble. In our opening reading, kind of connected with this a little bit, we prayed for a greater sense of reverence. Because reverence is the fruit of humility. When we recognize uh, our own unworthiness, when we recognize the magnitude of what we have been given, it leads to reverence before the sacred. And these are admonitions, these are exhortations that all of us need to take to heart individually, but also as a parish and as a universal church for that matter. Because one of the sad realities of today is that the church is in a massive crisis. The revelations of the last year, year and a half regarding the ongoing cover-up of abuse have brought that to light. But a lot of Catholics may not know that this crisis has been going on for the last 50 to 100 years. Let me share some sobering statistics with you about the church in the United States. But this is true all over the world. For every one person who joins the Catholic Church in the United States, six leave. For every one who joins, six leave. Eighty percent of youth, of Catholic youth, leave the church by the time they're 23. Eighty percent. And a recent study just came out that revealed that 70% of U.S. Catholics don't believe what the church teaches about the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. 70%. In light of these realities, I think we need to have the humility as a church to ask ourselves, where have we gone wrong? Where have we gotten off track in the last 50 to 100 years? Because clearly the church is not fulfilling her mission when six times as many people leave the church than join the church. And when a majority of Catholics don't believe in the source and summit of our faith, which is the Eucharist. My homily, I'm going to address something that could be potentially controversial. But it's about something absolutely central to our life as Catholics. And so it's worth talking about, even if there is some controversy. There's been a lot of misinformation and confusion on this topic over the last 50 years. And the record needs to be set straight. And I would just ask you to have the humility to be open to hearing something that might be different than what you've previously believed. I'm just going to give you the facts. What you do with that information is up to you. And it has to do with the manner in which we receive Holy Communion and the difference between receiving on the tongue versus receiving in the hand. And this is important because our faith in the Eucharist is directly influenced and shaped by how we approach it. 
by how we worship and by how we receive Holy Communion. So I want to start off by reading a quote from an official church document uh, promulgated under a pope uh, in the 20th century. And I just want you to think to yourself, when do you think this was written? And so, quote, This method of distributing Holy Communion on the tongue must be retained, taking the present situation of the church and the entire world into account, not merely because it has many centuries of tradition behind it, but especially because it expresses the faithful's reverence for the Eucharist. The custom does not detract in any way from the personal dignity of those who approach this great sacrament. It is part of that preparation that is needed for the most fruitful reception of the body of the Lord. This reverence shows that it is not a sharing in ordinary bread and wine, but in the body and blood of the Lord. Further, this practice which must be considered traditional ensures more effectively that Holy Communion is distributed with the proper respect, decorum, and dignity. It removes the danger of profanation of the sacred species, in which, in a unique way, Christ, God, and man is present whole and entire, substantially and continually. Lastly, it ensures that diligent carefulness about the fragments of consecrated bread which the church has always recommended. End quote. When do you think that was written? I would guess that the vast majority of Catholics would say that was written pre-Vatican II. It's a document called Memoriale Domini, and it was written in 1969 under Pope Paul VI, four years after the Second Vatican Council had ended by the Pope who presided over the Second Vatican Council. Everyone needs to hear this, and some of you lived through it. But after the Second Vatican Council, there was significant confusion and there was significant misinformation distributed to the faithful about what the Council taught. And this has plagued the Church for 50 years now. Vatican II did not do many of the things that you've probably been told it did. And all of the documents are found online. You can go read them. You don't have to take my word for it. And with regard to this specific issue that I'm discussing, Vatican II did not say that the faithful should receive communion in the hand. It actually didn't talk about it at all. So what happened? Four years after the council had ended, Pope Paul VI asked all the bishops of the world to give their opinion on whether or not communion in the hand should be allowed. And the majority responded, no. And so Pope Paul VI issued the document that I quoted, saying that the traditional manner of receiving on the tongue must be retained. But he did leave a back door. He would permit communion in the hand if two-thirds of the bishops of a given region requested it. And within about ten years, most of the regions of the world had requested it. And so it became permitted as an option. 
But there's a very important point that needs to be made that I think has been lost. Communion in the hand was always intended to be the exception, not the rule. And this is clear when you read what Pope Paul VI actually said. And it's also clear from the fact that you needed special permission from the Pope to even have it allowed as an option. Where does that leave us today? It's likely the case that most of you were taught to receive in the hand. And many of you were probably told that it's now the right thing to do. And while many in our parish already receive on the tongue, most Catholics do not. What I want to say is this. Receiving on the hand is a valid option in the church today. That's not being taken away. I don't have that authority. But in light of what Pope Paul VI actually taught, and in light of the 1,500-year tradition preceding it, it's clear that in, the mind, that in the mind of the church, receiving communion directly on the tongue is objectively more reverent. Again, Paul VI said, quote, especially because receiving on the tongue expresses the faithful's reverence for the Eucharist. It is part of that preparation that is needed for the most fruitful reception of the body of the Lord. This reverence shows that it is not a sharing in ordinary bread and wine, but in the body and blood of the Lord. Further, this practice, which must be considered traditional, ensures more effectively that Holy Communion is distributed with the proper respect, decorum, and dignity." End quote. Why is it more reverent in the eyes of the church? Because it's more humble. Because it's more childlike. Jesus said, if you wish to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a little child. What does that have to do with receiving communion? Infants don't feed themselves. They're fed by another. And this is the attitude that the church invites us to have as we approach the altar, to come forward like little children, not to feed ourselves like adults, but to allow Christ to feed us directly through the priest with his own body and blood. This also helps remind us that the Eucharist, as Paul VI said, is not ordinary food. It's supernatural food. And the manner in which we receive this supernatural food should be different than the manner in which we receive ordinary food. Not putting it into our mouths ourselves, but allowing someone else to, as if we were a little child. If we receive it or approach it in the same way as ordinary food, it's going to be all too easy to gradually lose sight of the true reality. And unfortunately, that seems to have happened for 70% of U.S. Catholics. Lastly, Holy Communion is received as a gift. It's not taken as if it were something that belonged to us or as if we had control over it. And receiving directly on the tongue can help foster this essential attitude of receptivity. So, if you are open to changing your practice of how you receive Holy Communion, I'm inviting you, and it's just an invitation. It's up to every individual. I'm inviting you 
to prayerfully consider returning to the more traditional and more reverent practice endorsed by Paul VI and so many saints, that of receiving directly on the tongue. Now, don't let any awkwardness be the thing that prevents you from doing it, because I assure you, it's not awkward for me. I've done it tens of thousands of times. Just stick out your tongue about halfway and stand still. Eventually, you'll get used to it. And if you wish to adopt an even more traditional and humble, humble posture, and again, this is just an option, but most people don't know this, every Catholic has the right to kneel for Holy Communion if they choose to do so. Now, I realize not everybody can pull that off physically very well. In order to facilitate that just a little bit for anybody who wants to, and it's your own personal choice. I'm going to start standing back a little bit uh, from what I used to do so that there will be room to kneel on the step if you wish to. Again, it's totally optional. If you wish to remain standing, just step forward all the way until your feet are at the step, okay? Because I'm going to be back a little bit further than you're used to. If you don't have the physical ability, don't risk it. Don't risk it. And it's completely up to you. Now, as I said earlier, receiving on the hand is a valid option in the church today. That's not being taken away. And if you do feel strongly about maintaining that practice, I just ask you to do so with the utmost reverence and attention. I'm sad to say that I've seen too many Catholics receive with little reverence and little attention. I do want to say, though, that if you're going to receive in the hand, you need to do so with both hands. You may not have considered this before, but it's not appropriate to receive with just one hand. Okay? It doesn't show the proper respect and reverence. So if, for whatever reason, on a given occasion, you can't receive with both hands, I would ask you on that occasion to please receive on the tongue. And I also just want to say that I don't judge anyone who chooses a legitimate option given to them by the church, and nor should anyone else. But I also do truly believe that it's in your best interest spiritually to at least consider adopting the more traditional practice. Now, I realize a lot of this is probably news to most of you. I just invite you to adopt that attitude of humility that's given to us in our scriptures today and take this to prayer. This text and the audio will be available. You can go back, listen to it again. You can read and pray over it. There's no need to make any decision today if you have any hesitancy about this. You are free to adopt the more traditional practice or not in your own time. Talk, it about, talk about it among your family. It's your decision. I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. But whatever you decide, I would just ask you to remember and be guided by the words of Jesus. Whoever exalts himself will be humble, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Okay.